this is a path you're going to have to find within yourself. This is something you're going to have to discover. And it might look different for you. And it might be actually you just cooking is feeling that, you know, energy and those ancestors and that journey. And it might be for someone else, something praying. And other people might pray in really different ways too. So I guess maybe being spiritual is allowing yourself to believe in many things. Hello and welcome to Your Magic. I'm your host, Michelle T. And today I am talking to the sisterly musical duo Ibeyi, named for the Yoruba word for twins, which Lisa and Naomi are. We're going to talk about twin magic, Santeria, and meditating on Instagram. Also, listen close to the interstitial music you hear on this episode. It's from Spell 31, Ibeyi's eagerly awaited, about to be released third album, dropping May 6th. And after I pull some cards for the sisters, I have a sweet little spell for privacy, made for those who would like to keep their practice and anything else out of the public eye. Stay with us. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Show them heroes, feel we are the younger, the hunger. We show the heroes, feel. Alright, one more time. We show them heroes, feel we are the younger and the hunger. We show them heroes, feel we are the younger and the hunger. So we've been hanging out in 2022 for a minute now, but we haven't talked about what this year's tarot card is. Selecting a tarot card for a year isn't done by shuffling a deck and doing a pull. It's a numerology practice where we add up the numbers of the year and match it with the corresponding card from the major arcana. For 2022, it's two plus two plus two equals six, the lovers. At a glance, the lover's card looks like what me and my tarot bestie Peter Anthony call coupons. Those cards you hope will come up in a reading because they feel like the promise of a gift, a boon, a bonus. With the lovers, we think of romance and all the sweet fantasy of that word. And sometimes you get it. Sometimes the lovers really is reflecting a tender and meaningful connection or one that's about to drift into your life. But I believe the crux of the tarot's sixth trump card isn't an affair of the heart as much as it is the moment when you find yourself at a crossroads. What is a crossroad? Well, in magic, it's a sacred space, a liminal spot, a lull in the hum of destiny where you get to choose your own adventure. Offerings are often left at a crossroads, and it is said that the veils between this world and others grow thinner in such a place. They are especially prominent in hoodoo practices. In the most practical sense, a crossroad is where you select or commit to a path. 
This notion of selection and commitment works well with the lovers. Often when the card arises, we're being asked to decide whether or not we're going to stick with a crush or a partner. Often the sticking with means a leveling up of a commitment. Maybe it's a moment we decide to pull back or take space, open up the relationship to different structures, get married, get divorced, stay or go. All are valid options under this card. Now, what does that mean on a grand scale, the scale of 2022 as experienced by all of us? Obviously, the psychic arts tend to get horribly diluted when stretched to accommodate the masses. It's why magazine horoscopes are so weak compared with the dazzle of having your own individual chart read. But as different as all of our lives are, there are aspects of our human experience that are very shared. The biggest one I can think of is not hard to conjure at all. It's COVID. For the past two years, the entire world has been in the grip of a pandemic, experiencing mass sickness and death and the type of social unrest and conflict that comes with such large-scale trauma. And though we are no way out of the woods, I mean, as I type this, I've only just learned that two friends have caught the virus and we're all watching Europe warily as new strains appear. But in spite of it not being over, it would be facetious to not recognize that for many people, maybe even most, the world is beginning to look a lot more like the one we last saw sans mask. For better or worse, the mandates for face coverings have dropped. Breakthrough infections are common, but for many, our vaxes and boosters are doing their jobs. Friends are gathering, trips are being taken, the availability of at-home testing allowing us to do such things with care. I think for many of us, the moment feels like a real crossroads. How do I live in this strange moment between pandemic and endemic? What risks can I take and what are off limits? To mask or not to mask? To rave or not to rave? And what about dating? I feel that this is what the lovers is signifying for us all in 2022. With the virus a part of our lives into the foreseeable future, we all stand at a crossroads of our very own, having to mull it over, select our path. As stressful as such a process may be, the lover's number six reminds us that this is a good thing. In the tarot, six is the number of beauty and perfection. While perfect sure feels like a stretch, there is beauty in this moment. Surges of joy through our bodies as we reconnect with friends. Tears of relief as we dare to face how badly we've missed each other. The glory of other places, beloved spots we hold in our hearts and return to for recharging. Or the meaningful human thrill of plunging into a part of the planet we've yet to experience. Beauty, beauty, beauty. Astrologically, the lovers is Gemini, the twins. It's not surprising to feel two ways about this huge and complicated situation. Yes, you want to celebrate your friend's birthday, but what about long COVID? A trip sounds magnificent, but what if you wind up trapped abroad? What one moment feels safe and necessary can suddenly seem irresponsible and dangerous. The lovers helps us to integrate these seemingly oppositional attitudes. Don't fret, dear ones. We've all got months and months to figure it out, helped along by science. We're likely to pick a path, start down it, turn back, hunker down, try the other path, reject that, and so on, until we find that we're suddenly somehow moving. Before we know it, we've built up a momentum, one that is sure to blast us into 2023, the year, incidentally, of the chariot. The chariot of war, okay, but the chariot will be on our path, no turning back by then. So allow yourself the influence of the lovers and stop to smell the roses as you saunter slowly, cautiously into the next phase of our collective life. Here's a baby.
Welcome to Your Magic. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's so cool to meet you guys and get to talk to you. Yes. <laughs> Jumping right in. Do you guys have a magical or a spiritual practice? Yes, we do. It's actually always so weird to us to, to even talk about it because we feel like it's such a normal thing to have. We grew up in Cuba where everybody does and it's really normalized and it's really a part of everyday life. So I remember when I was young and th- when, when we started um, working with eBay, well, doing eBay, Naomi and I, and we started doing promo and stuff and interviews and people were like, you're so spiritual. And we're like, ain't everybody? Like, what, what does that even mean? But yeah, I think for us being spiritual means being present, means being in the moment, in the breath, right? So when you sing... You are when when you dance, when you write music. This is just, yeah, this is just a part of what we do every day, what makes us feel good, what makes us heal. I don't know. I think I know people who believe in it. I know people who don't. The thing is, I think for us, it's really kind of normal because we don't really talk about it. And I think that's at least me what I prefer. And I think, um, it's through what you do and how you move in life and how you think. And I think everybody is. Some probably are scared, but um, we all have this kind of magic. And I think, um, you know, yeah, at one point, everybody's going to realize they have it. But it's true that now I feel like it's something that is really present, that everybody feels like they should say it. And it's a little tricky for me. It's like believing in God. like. You shouldn't, like, it's your thing. You don't have to tell all over, all over Instagram that you believe in God, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not what makes you. And I think when you try to choose something and kind of uh, not explore all parts. Yeah, not explore all part of what you are, I think there's a problem. It's actually quite interesting to hear Naomi say that because I definitely think it's not that... It's not that I think um, it's wrong to say it. Is I think it's interesting to see that now uh, in today's <laughs> today's world, it seems like there's only one way to be it, or we at least see only one way to be it. And I think what basically Naomi saying, you don't need to say it. It's basically also saying this is. So- path you're going to have to find within yourself. This is something you're going to have to discover. And it might look different for you. And it might be actually you just cooking is feeling that, you know, energy and those ancestors and that journey. And it might be for someone else, something praying. And other people might pray in really different ways too. So I guess somehow I understand what she's trying to say is it feels like if you say it, you almost have to then be a part of one specific way of being it. But maybe it's the opposite. Maybe being spiritual is allowing yourself to believe in many things. Naomi, the things that you were saying were making me just think about how it is, you know, there is a resurgence in sort of all things kind of witchy 
um, right now, which, you know, on the one hand is really enjoyable because I, you know, for myself, I've been interested in this stuff since I was a teenager. And it was, it's, it's nice to see like, you know, I don't know, younger people seeing, um, what's sort of meaningful or attractive about it. But on the other hand, do you think that it's making it just sort of trendy? Well, it is. It is, but it's not, you know, everything is trendy. And I think, you know, like it's the life we're living. But if you say, if you say you're spiritual, then show it in your actions, you know? And a lot of people say, yeah, I'm spiritual. I believe in this, that, that, that. But in their actions, they're not. So being spiritual is being true to yourself. It's not just saying it or meditating on Instagram. That's not spirituality. You know what I mean? I do. And I'm not saying I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying I don't see myself in that. So it's kind of weird to me to say it. I think it's really how I live life and how I see things or how I, you know, grew up with it. What was your um, upbringing like? What kind of like practices or beliefs were you guys raised with? Actually, a lot of them. Because <laughs> uh, our grandmother from our dad's side uh, would go to church every every week and she would sing at church. She was the, the teacher for the choir. Our dad and our mom and Naomi and I got initiated um, in the Yoruba, in the... Santeria, Naomi's daughter, the daughter of Shango, and I'm the daughter of Yemaya. Shango is the Oricha, the god of the thunder, and Yemaya, the goddess of the sea. Our grandmother from another side, from our mom's side, is Jewish, uh, though she never, she was not practicing, but her whole family was. Yeah, our family from our mom's side also all migrated to India back then when no one would go, no one would go to India. Uh, they all have Indian, funnily enough, they all have Indian names, our aunts, and our mom is called Maya. So it's super interesting. We grew up with a lot of different religions, different beliefs. Our grandmother is the most atheist woman you will ever meet. I mean, if you if you talk to her about spirituality, she just looks, she was shy and her eyes will roll. So it's really funny to see how everybody had different feelings about it and different feelings about religion. And yet it all worked and they were all really respectful uh, opinionated but respectful one or the other and for us it was wonderful because it meant we could choose it all and choose nothing at the same time which I think it's super important. That's so great. Is there um, of, of all of those different traditions that you were exposed to are there are there ones that feel like the strongest that you feel the str- a stronger pull in your own heart towards? For me Santeria is my connection to Yemaya. Funnily enough I found it since I was little because uh, I used to sing in front of the sea way before I realized. Because our mom didn't tell us right away. Yet I would sing the only Yoruba song I knew. And back then it was for another guy. It was for Elegua, the god that opens and closes the path. And I used to sing for Yemaya in front of the sea. And and then one day they were like, yeah, you are the daughter of Yemaya. And I was like, oh my God. It just, it, it felt like the puzzle had, you know, all of the pieces of the puzzle had finally made the big picture and I understood a lot more about myself and I pray to Yemaya I sing to Yemaya and you know we sing to the Orichas when we we are on stage we sing those Yoruba songs traditional Yoruba songs that came with the slaves uh, when they got shipped to Cuba and we sing them and it's it's always such 
a powerful thing to get to sing them and feel all of the people that have sang those songs before us. It's, it seems like we never sing them alone. I don't know, how do you feel about it when we sing in Yoruba? Oh, it's really strong. It's really strong, but it's also a connection with our dad, with our sister. It's really a connection with the one that are gone, but still there. I wanted to talk to you both about being twins because there is such a, there's like all, so many strong like myths and mystical associations with twins. And I'm wondering, like, do you feel that there is a particular magic of being a twin? And if so, like, how does that feel to you guys and how has that manifested in your life? Well, we don't know what it is to not be a twin. So we can tell you that we know it's a special bond, like a lot of like interaction with, with human. I think they're all special. But I would say that we probably know what the other thing sometimes. And, you know, we had this thing of sometimes Lisa was in the kitchen when we were little and I was, I don't know, in my room. And then we were cross paths and we were singing the same song. Or, you know, we call... I'm going to call her and say what's going on. And she's like, I'm not feeling good. And so, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, there's a really deep connection. For a long time, I wondered when I was little, like, how come Naomi and I are twins and so different? And we were always incredibly close. Huh? And there was always an enormous amount of love. But yet I could feel that there was something that was not fully, uh, it, there was a piece, again, that piece of the puzzle that I was not understanding. And when we started Ebay, the, our band, and we started playing together, it all clicked. Suddenly I knew what I was back with Naomi in this life. It's almost like, oh, we were made to be born at the same time to produce this work. And funnily enough, several times when we, when we had readings from different people, from different traditions and everything. That we were not asking for. That we were not asking for too, because people, yeah, it, it did happen quite a lot that people would just come and give give us their knowledge. Oh no. <laughs> it's so funny when it happens, by the way. Uh, so they all said the same thing, which is one cup, four hands. The idea that there is something really special for us, but we need to be together to hold it. And every time it's the same thing, you know, I remember when we were in Cuba and we went to a ceremony for a friend and then they were like, it's always the two of you, always. Like there's something about the fact that we are twins and the fact that we came in this life together and our craft and our passion, which is music, that was meant to be. And now that I, with that hindsight, when I look back at how we create and how we make music and Naomi's strength and mine and my weaknesses and Naomi's, I can see how and why we are together. It's, it seems like, um, yeah, we, we do fit perfectly. Our love is underwater. Cried all over you. Slow down. Now we've grown. Let's start new. A love lost in the forest. Well, I have tarot cards. And I'd love to read tarot cards for you guys. I can do it for both of you, you know, or separately. I think, no, I think we're going to do it for eBay for the band. Yeah, because that's how we are interested in, you know, we're putting out a record soon and it's our third one. 
will be at uh, the 6th of May and we want to see what's in store for us. Okay, so do you want to see like what's the energy around this album that's coming out? Yes, please. Okay, I'll do three cards on that. What is the energy around this next release? Springtime is such a nice time to release a new, a new, Mm. uh, you know, effort out into the world. Oh, wow. It looks very cool. Um, Okay. So I picked three cards and the very first card is the six of swords. So this is a great card in the tarot. All the sixes are beautiful. It's like the sphere of perfection and beauty. So whenever a six comes up, you're like, yes. Um, And then the sphere of swords, you know, the swords, they rule there. They represent like our, like our minds, like where our heads are at. And so often it's so easy to be in a bad headspace, right? So the sword suit are kind of a tormented suit. There are good cards though, also in that suit. And this is the best one. And it's talking about like, your head is on straight. You're seeing things clearly. You're making like really good decisions. Like it's Mercury and Aquarius, So uh, Mercury being the planet that governs expression and communication, it also does govern, you know, like you're communicating with your music, right? Mm -hmm. Like you're putting it out into the world and it begins somewhere, you know, in the mental sphere, at least partially, and then, you know, goes out into the world. So it's great. And in Aquarius too, Aquarius is visionary. So it is really about like having a visionary perspective and being able to communicate that visionary perspective in a way that lands and is strong and makes a difference. It's also in the traditional like rider weight system of tarot. It's very much about moving from um, a harder place to an easier place. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting too. So if like, I don't know if there was ever, you know, any, any history that you might have um, where there's maybe were more obstacles around your creativity or, you know, getting it out into the world, all the different I know that it's like, I'm a writer, so I kind of understand, you know, you have to produce the work, channel the work, and then you got to get the work out into the world. And there's just like so many different realms. Um, but it's like, it looks like if there was, if there were any hindrances in the past with, uh, with your other two records, like this might be a smoother path with that. And then the next card you have here is the eight of discs, which is called prudence in this in this uh, tarot deck, and it's sun in Virgo. So this is about um, dotting all your eyes and crossing your T's, and just being like very organized and structured and strategic in in a really intense way. Um, not being, it's sort of opposite of Sagittarius and energy. Actually, it's like Sag energy is so trusting and optimistic that it can be very spontaneous because and fly by the seat of the pants energy because you just you're blessed by Jupiter and you're like I'll land on my feet Jupiter will help me do that right but with this energy it's like okay also though like make sure you're super grounded make sure like especially on like the business tip like make sure all of that those things are like really strategic um and you know the reason for that is you have these really pretty flowers and they're beautiful and precious and the leaves are growing around them to protect them. So it's all about, you know, what you guys have created is beautiful and it's, it's to be nurtured and protected and, you know, make sure that it has all the optimum conditions to grow. But this is a good card. You know, it's, it's not a warning so much as it is a just like, you know, this coming up would say, would, would suggest to me that those seeds have already been planted, like those seeds of strategy and structure, um, you know, but just like keep it going. And then I love this. Your final card is the chariot. Oh, it's Naomi's card. Oh, really? 
It's the seven in Tarot. It's the card of will. I love the chariot. The chariot is so wonderful. It is the card of will. And it's also, you know, it's like it's cancer. So it's all about, you know, in astrology, it's water. And so it's about things that are so close to our heart, right? And so it's like will being fueled by our hearts, right? And the things that like really matter the deepest to us. So, oh my God, it's so gorgeous. It's like, I would say also, I mean, you know, the chariot is about lifting off full speed ahead. I would say that this is going to like, you know, kick you up to another level, that there's going to be, this is going to open roads for you, that you guys are so ready to go down. Um, you're, you know, the, the the charioteer has his beautiful golden armor on. So like, he's like decked out, but also protected, you know? So there's some, there's this element of like, it's safe to go forward. Like you've got, I don't know what, I mean, it's the chariot of war. It gets forgotten that that's kind of what it is. And so it does say that like, there's ups and downs, there's bumps in the road, there's potholes, but like, you've got it, you know, it is a victory card. It is a triumphant card. And so it's like, you're just, you know how to do this, you know, you know how to, to just sort of like ride this road. Um, this bowl here is supposed to be like a, a crystal amethyst bowl of blood. So it's talking about sacrifices have been made, right? And those sacrifices are there, there to empower you now. They're there for you to draw energy from. What I love about this card also, and about uh, the chariot in particular, is that he is, and I think I told you that now, he has horses and they go in different, they try to go in different direction, but because of his will and, and, and his power, he gets to make them run together towards where he wants them to run. And I think what I loved about that is the idea that um, sometimes opposition is not a bad thing. It just means you need to find your way to make it go together, but it actually can help also. And I love that about that card. Yeah, absolutely. And here it's like the um, the horses are actually like two sphinxes and then these other creatures that are like these half bull, winged bulls. So it's talking about sort of magic and wisdom, you know, how and, and mystery to a certain extent, the way that the sphinx, you know, embodies mystery that like we don't know what's on the road ahead, right? There's always a little bit of mystery, but like rest assured your chariot will take you into it, take you through it. And I'm excited for you guys. That's really, this is really great. You know, it's really balanced. It's like, this is a water card, but it, but it is about will, right? So it's also fire in that way that will is fire. And then you have the earth card here with that grounded, you know, earth card. And then you've got this great air card with the sun, like the, the best air card. So I love how balanced it is and that it ends on a major arcana is always, um, really fortuitous. I think I love seeing that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. That's so nice. Yeah. Um, do you think you guys will tour? What is the world of touring looking like for folks these days? Well, it's opening. Uh, we're going to do the festivals this summer. And I think we have, we have one or two starting in April. So it's really soon. And then it's during the summer and then we're going to tour the world. Yeah. So say so we're very happy. We can't wait. We can't wait. We missed it so much because it's been like almost three years or four years now, me soon. But also I feel like missing it is a really good thing. I also, I went back to see a few shows lately as a, as a audience member and it was the best and I could feel how much people enjoyed it even more than before, you know, because it's got taken away from us. Now it's like a secret when you're there, you're just loving it even more. 
Oh my God, totally. And you know, God, I, I mean, I don't know how much this resonates for you, but you know, Sagittarius rules travel, especially travel to really, you know, like outside, you know, your 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 area of origin. Like, you know, when one of you just said, like, we're gonna travel the world. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, that's so yeah. the whole world. That's very Sagittarius. And um I, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys feel like most at home um when traveling. Well, I can't wait. We we love though being home <laughs> when we travel that much. We love being home and having one place where you know it's our cocoon. But um, to be honest, it's been too long. We're getting crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're a lot of fire, you know. We're Sagittarius, but we're also Latina women, so it's really like intense. And I feel sometimes that when it's only in one place, it's like trying. It's bouncing up uh, of the walls. So that's the cool thing about traveling and about performing is I feel all of our energy and all of our fire literally gets directed into something that we so care about and that gives to people and that's the best thing we could ever ask for. moved by how in our interview, Naomi expressed some ambivalence toward big expressions of spirituality on social media. I know that for some people, being really out about their practice feels good and bold and healing. And for other folks, it's too much. Rituals and beliefs feel too personal and intimate to post about. For those people, and for anyone who finds themselves at some point needing more privacy, I've whipped up a MYOB spell. Mind your own beeswax. Here's what you'll need. A beeswax candle, of course. Now, if you feel priced out by that or you're vegan, please do use a less expensive candle or one with no animal products. I think yellow is a good color. It's very mental. Honey. Again, tricky for the vegans. Feel free to use something pollinated by bees, like a wildflower or even an image of a bee. I like using bee magic for this because bees are so focused and busy, they don't have time to be poking their bee noses into other bees' business. Also, their work happens deep in their hives, private places of magic and industry. Bees are said to represent knowledge and communication, and this is what we're trying to bring privacy to. Pluto. Planet or no, it is a magical space entity named for a god of the underworld, and that's where we are trying to keep your movements, underground, out of sight. If you're able to carve the glyph for Pluto on your candle, please do. If not, just draw it on a piece of paper and place it in the honey or over your bee. A cloth. Any kind of cloth, but you know, why not make it one that feels aesthetically pleasing to you? Gather your tools at your altar or wherever you'll be making this magic. Do this at night under cover of darkness. Light your candle and let this be the only light in the room if it's safe to do so. Call upon Pluto and all the deities of the underworld. Tell them what part of you you want to be ignored, unseen, thriving in the shadows. Raise your bowl of honey or your bee item in your hands and offer it to the aspects of the universe which generate camouflage and concealment. Imagine a honeybee hidden in the cup of a flower doing its thing. A buzzing hive of bees stashed deep in a tree. Visualize your own movements occurring freely, out of sight, your powers gathering private. Here's a little spell to utter. Ancient hidden universe, conceal these facts. 
Inspire the minding of one's own beeswax, so that concealed I may thrive to the max. Lend me your powers, within them I'll bask. Okay, what? I just sort of threw it together. Feel free to not rhyme and to put into your own words what you would like from the universe and from dark Pluto and from the busy invisible bees. Make it your own. When you're done, blow out that candle and do some work in the dark. That's the close of our episode, folks. We hope that whatever crossroads you find yourself at, that all of the paths seem enticing, paved with the possibility of friendships and love affairs, travel, exploration, and your own singular private magic. Thanks for tuning in to Your Magic. You can support us, plus get access to a whole bunch of bonus content at patreon.com backslash thisisyourmagic. Every dollar makes this work possible. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Your Magic and subscribe to our newsletter at thisisyourmagic.com. You can rate us and subscribe right here on Spotify. Do what you need to do to never miss an episode. And you can email us at hello at thisisyourmagic.com. We would love to hear from you. This episode was produced and edited by Molly Elizalde, Tony Gannon, and Vera Blossom. We got production support from Kirsten Osai Bonzu. Our executive producers are Ben Cooley, myself, and Molly Elizalde. Our original theme music is by John Kimbrough. Thanks for listening. 